Denise, your host of The Cell. I invite you to listen to our program every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. I'd like to welcome back our guest today. This is Felice, your host. We have a special, special guest with us today. It's Miss Candace Jenkins. But before we get started, i like to say hello to my brother. He's back there somewhere. Where you at, Ernie? Hello. Hello, Candace. Candace has been with the Faith Thomas Foundation family for about two or three years. I happened to meet her through her uncle, Mr. Will Anderson. And ever since then, Candace has been special to me in the Faith Thomas Foundation. So she has agreed to come on to share with us how she's been living with sickle cell disease. Uh, Candace, how have you been doing? Lately, I cannot complain. I've been doing well. Candace, Ernie had asked a question question when we were off air in regard to how is it that you become or know of Ohio? I'm originally from Ohio. I was born on Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Um, my mom, my mom and my dad's side of the family are both from Ohio. So I was born in Ohio. All of my first cousin, second cousin, majority of my family is from Ohio. And my mom is currently in Dayton, Ohio. She is helping out my grandma and my grandpa at the moment. The only thing that I have had issues with is my shoulder, and that is unfortunately due to sickle cell. So I was taking martial arts last year. This was last June. And my second day of class, I got hit in the shoulder so I I injured my left shoulder last year in June. I took a martial arts class for two days. So my second day of martial arts, I got hit in my left shoulder, and it bruised my left shoulder. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was a bruise. But I came to find out I couldn't put any pressure on my shoulder. Like, I couldn't do push-ups. I couldn't really lift anything. So December of 2019, I noticed that it kept getting worse. My doctor started to order an MRI. So we did the MRI of the humerus and the elbow. And he told me that I have avascular necrosis. He said the reason avascular necrosis is basically cellular death or bone death. He said this occurred from me getting injured during my martial arts class. So whenever I get any type of damage done to my body, my body reacts differently. Its natural state is to just sickle. So he said when I got that bruise in my shoulder, it caused sickling, and some of the sickled cells got caught in the cartilage in my shoulder, which therefore stopped the blood circulation in my cartilage and my joints. And that's what's causing the cellular death of my bones. So now moving forward, I'm going to have to have surgery on my shoulder because of getting hit on my shoulder and my shoulder, uh, the blood was sickling and got caught in the cartilage. Wow. Wow, yeah. So just a simple bruise that, you know, a normal person could get, you know, me having sickle cell, I'm now going to have to have surgery. Wow, that that right there is uh, really crazy. Um, so I know that there's some limitations with uh, some sickle cell patients don't participate in particular type of sport, but yet here you are doing, was it karate you said? It was martial arts. <laughs> oh, okay. So you did okay with it outside of the bump in the shoulder, huh? I did, and I actually enjoyed it. And yes, with having sickle cell, you do have your limitations, but 
for me, I say don't put yourself in that limited bubble. If you want to try to do something, I say go for it and just listen to your body. I mean, we're we're all going to have limitations, but I say just listen to your body and don't, you know, try to live inside of a bubble. Our first year that you came and spoke, you talked something about like a pineapple. Could you say that for our <laughs> listeners, how you explain the yes. pineapple? I think that was so great. <laughs> I said, let's all be like pineapples. Stand tall, wear your crowns, and be sweet on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> and pineapple you remember is my that, favorite Ernie? fruit. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. That's your first year that you came to speak for the Faith Thomas Foundation. And yeah. uh, we sure did appreciate you coming all the way from Dallas, Texas. But your uncle kept saying to me, Felice, I, my niece. She got a daughter. I want you to meet meet my uh, my niece's daughter. And I think he went on that rant for like close to two years. <laughs> you know, he um, that she's in town, and he called Ernie. He called like what three three days, four days before the event. You know how they cut everything off, <laughs> and Will <laughs> kept on pushing and kept on pushing. Not like he wanted, was it, I think it was a whole table. You know, it's not like he wanted one or two seats, so it's like a whole table. So mm-hmm. uh, I remember that quite well. And uh, he yeah. wanted me to meet you so bad and us to hook up, and you I'm know, me to meet your so mom. Glad. Candace, when you were growing up, uh, did you get bullied because of your illness? Or how did you deal with some of the things with the way that kids can sometimes be slightly mean or cruel? Well, no, I can't say that I ever got bullied. I think um, what happened in my case, people were just more curious as to why I was always absent from class or, you know, not coming into or just, you know, extended leaves of absence. There was just more questions instead of, you know, any bullying going on, just more questions. And I actually had people willing to help, you know, teachers coming by, dropping off homework, or um, some of my peers taking down notes for me and making sure I stayed caught up in my classes. Candace. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for on in. Uh, how did you did you grow up in Ohio? I did not. Uh, my mother moved us down to Texas when I was in the fourth grade. So I basically grew up in Texas. You spoke really well about your experience in the emergency room, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious: uh, Have you seen any improvement? and their behavior towards sickle cell patients? Well, so that incident happened at um, Baylor of Plano Medical Center. Since then, I have not been back to that hospital. That was last July. So unfortunately, I don't know if they've gotten better with their medical uh, protocol when it comes to sickle cell patients. I have since gone to Centennial Medical Center. They're also ran by Baylor. And I've been to, I've gotten sick once since my accident last July. And Centennial Medical Center, I must say they are great. They have an amazing protocol in place when it comes to sickle cell patients. I am never waiting in the waiting room. They see me right away. They administer medication right away. And if I need to be admitted, I'm admitted and I am uh, taken care of. 
So they are out in Frisco, Texas, and they are a great hospital. They are well-staffed. But Baylor Plano, on the other hand, no, I would never go back to that hospital since that incident occurred. Did anybody ever reach out to you to apologize about the the treatment they gave you, or or did you follow up? So when I went to Miss Felice uh, Sickle Cell um, Red Diamond Gala in September, I did meet a few ladies, and they told me to submit a complaint with the Texas Medical Board. And so I did do that. I submitted my complaint. I went into details on what happened during my incident in July, how I was treated by the doc, the head doctor that was in the ER and some of the nursing staff. And I did receive a letter back from the Texas Medical Board, and they said that my claim was going to be dismissed because they felt like the doctor did everything correctly. So, unfortunately, uh, my case was dismissed. Wow. Wow. Yes, I still have that letter. Candace, could you please share with our listeners so they can have an understanding of what took place with you at that hospital? Yes, ma'am, of course. So, on July 21st of 2019, I was in a car accident. It was not my fault. I was rear-ended from the back. Um, the, the driver that hit me, he I saw him in my rearview mirror. He was not paying attention. Uh, I guess he was on his phone, and he slammed into me. So I had to go to the hospital, and this was because of a car accident. So I uh, was rushed to the hospital via ambulance. But instead of being seen right away, since I was brought in by ambulance, I had to sit in the waiting room. I was in the waiting room for an hour and a half. And so with me having sickle cell, of course, pain was starting to spike up as well. But I was still brought in for by uh, for a car accident victim. So I finally got seen. Um, they did administer medication. I did not get any, um, I didn't get any type of CT scans. I did have on a neck brace, but I still did not get any CT scans. They did take x-rays and they said the x-rays were fine. Uh, the medication was not working. Um, they did administer one other round of medication about four hours later, and my pain just kept getting worse. So my sister that was with me at the time, she called the doctor in because they had stopped giving me medication. So she called to speak with the doctor to see if they could give me more medication because my pain kept getting worse. The doctor said that, you know, everything was fine. My blood levels were fine. I don't need any more medication. I'm just a drug user because I have sickle cell said um, my since my levels weren't low enough my hemoglobin levels your hemoglobin levels are your oxygen levels that dictate um, whether you're kind of in a sickle cell crisis or not so if they drop below say about an eight or seven they'll say that you're in a crisis but if they're kind of high maybe about a 10 or nine or above then they're going to say that you're okay so I was in that okay range still So immediately, this doctor classified me as a sickle cell drug user instead of instead of assessing me as a car accident victim. So if I was somebody else that did not have sickle cell and I came in for a car accident and I was in pain, I would have been treated differently. But she saw me only as a sickle cell patient who was seeking drugs. Never did she once assess me for being in a car accident. She didn't check my she didn't check to see if there was any bruising on me. She didn't check my arms or my legs even though I was complaining about them. She immediately attacked me for being a 
sickle cell patient, and she called me a drug seeker. She was yelling at me the entire time. I was crying. She told me to shut up. She told me that she did not. She didn't want to. Um, what did she say? She didn't want to admit me. She wanted me to be released. But my mom had called the head nurse, and so the head nurse came down. She spoke with me. She spoke with the doctor. She spoke with my sister, and the head nurse was the was the lady that got me to be admitted into the hospital. And so when I was finally admitted, the doctor that was over me when I moved up to the fourth floor, he said he was only going to keep me for 24 hours and he was going to release me no matter how I was feeling or anything like that. So I got in, I got, I was released within 24 hours of being in the hospital after being in a car accident and after having my sickle cell flare up. So when I got released, I went home for one day. The next day, I was in a full-blown crisis, and that's when I went into Centennial Medical Center, and they admitted me right away. I couldn't move anything on my body. I was rushed to the hospital. So Baylor, they did not do a good job. They called me a drug seeker. He was yelling at us, cussing at my sister, told me to shut up, stop crying, to stop being a baby. She said that she's seen so many sickle cell patients and they never cry. And so I asked her, I said, how have you seen multiple sickle cell patients and you're telling me that they do not cry? But I'm a part of so many sickle cell groups on Facebook and all these pictures I post, everybody is crying. So I just don't think she understood sickle cell patients. She's that type of doctor that categorizes us immediately upon being admitted. And she was just that type, unfortunately, that does not care about sickle cell patients. And I have run into multiple doctors that act like her. Wow. It just seems like the doctor, when you got up on the fourth floor, already had an attitude or already had assumed or prejudged based on information he probably received. Yes, ma'am. And that that does happen a lot. If there's the doctor that's over the emergency department and they automatically don't like you, they're going to relay that information up to the doctor that oversees you when you're actually admitted. So he already was biased towards my situation and being there. If you guys excuse me for a minute, we need to take an identification break. Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Cell on 94.1 FM, WGRN, and WGRN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, it just uh, really uh, makes just make you real furious hearing that, you know, people prejudging somebody that's there to get some kind of care just makes you furious uh, to hear that. Yes, and unfortunately, it happens all the time. There's multiple hospitals across the U.S., and they do not have a sickle cell protocol in place, in place at all. When I was at the um, Red Diamond Sickle Cell Gala, I spoke to a lady that was under the United Healthcare Group, and she said that, you know, she would love for me to travel with her so I can, you know, help these nurses get a sickle cell protocol in place for their emergency departments because, unfortunately, too many sickle cell patients are just left there just not being taken care of or they're seen at the last minute when their pain reaches a 10 out of a 10 when it could be controlled out of 5 out of 10, but they just make us wait too long because, we're not important enough because our pain is internal. You can't see our pain. 
but yet, you know, we're in pain still. But since they can't see the pain physically, they think that we're going to the hospital just for the drugs. And so that's why we are labeled as drug seekers. Now, do you have siblings that also have sickle cell? I, I have two brothers, but they do not have sickle cell. And I was blessed to be the only one in the family with sickle cell, so I carry that torch. <laughs> you know, I've, I've run at a lot of families like that because Felice, you know, her daughter had it, but her son didn't. Is that something, Felice, pretty normal for a sickle cell family? Yeah. You can have, a person can have like four kids, and it's either 50 50 or it's going to be one that has it or none. It's, on whether or not uh, each conception, if either parent passes on a regular blood cell A or if they pass on another form of a trait, you know, uh, with each child, the mother and the father. So like how Candace has full-fledged sickle cell, she could have had, one of her brothers could have just had the trait, but, uh, and then the other one didn't have, the other two had nothing. But she had the situation where all, you know, her two brothers did not get past either trait, and it was just uh, her type of deal. And you just pray that, you know, you don't pass either the gene on or you take the time to, as they say, take the time to know your status, have the tools on your tool belt that when you do get your mate, that you want to make sure that whoever you're deciding to have children with that you get them checked out so that you can find out what type of traits they have, what traits they have, if you would happen to pass trait, and then their traits, you know, what is the possibility of your child having some form of sickle cell disease? It doesn't have to be SS. It doesn't have to be SC, beta thalassemia, SO positive and negative. So even, you know, just so that you know, you know, you're just educated as up to what's going to take place or what, what could possibly take place before you as a partner decide to have children. I think that's very important, especially if you know that you have the trait or if you have sickle cell disease, I would say get your partner tested just to see what your odds are of having a child with sickle cell because, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's a burden, but I would say it's a challenge. And so if I would say if you're not ready for that challenge to raise a child that could possibly have sickle cell disease, um, then just make sure you get your mate tested. I feel like it's very important because I feel like it will definitely change your life. You have to be ready for something like that. Do you, uh, Candace, do you think that you'll ever have any kids? I would love to. I love kids. I grew up babysitting. Um, I guess I love children. Okay, do you'll have some cute little ones when you do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you have to bring that baby to Columbus too. I sure talking will. Talking about the Red Diamond. Yeah, talking about the Red Diamond Gala. We're uh, we, I think we're going to decide in June, uh, make a final decision in June on whether or not if we're going to have it or not. So we'll keep you posted and our listeners posted. It might get postponed to 2021. Um, so after this COVID-19 stuff kind of calms down a little bit. So 
um, hoping that, you know, you can make it again in the future, you know, when we do do it. But um, we have some more questions for you. Ernie, you have another question for Ms. Candace? Yeah, since you brought up COVID-19, I was uh, just wondering how Candace is keeping herself safe down there in Texas. Texas is one of those states that is kind of uh, opened back up, isn't it now? Yes, it has opened back up. So um, I'm I'm unsure what phase we're in right now, but a lot of restaurants and you have, um, you know, your salons, um, a lot of places have opened up, but they're keeping the percentage of occupancy low. I think the max is about 25% and, you know, everything's spaced out still. But um, I don't go too many places. I, I'll go to the grocery store. I will wear my mask still. Um, I do go to church. Our church has our seats spaced out as well. And instead of having one service, we broke it up into two services. So everybody's still taking precautions wherever I go. Um, I don't, you know, go to too many friends' houses. I've basically been a homebody during the whole COVID-19. Okay. Yeah, my best friend stays down in uh, San Antonio, and uh, you know I call and keep a keep an eye on them too, and they're seeing pretty much how you're going about doing it. Mhm. Yeah. So I just say it's you know better safe than sorry. So I don't you know go out and about. I'll still go walking. Um, I'll go to a park and just, you know, soak up some sun. I'll go walking just to get some fresh air, and that's the extent of what I'll do. Now, are you okay. are you working from go to college? I am working from home, yes, sir, and um, I am enrolled in college. I'm taking a break right now, but I am studying to get my bachelor's in nutrition. Oh, yeah. Okay, now. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <Yeah. I> <laughs> So what are some of the foods, I'm going to put you to the test, <laughs> yes. what are some of the things that foods that could possibly help you as far as a sickle cell patient, as far as having, you know, pain crisis or reducing, you know, your pain crisis? Um, so I drink beet juice. So beet juice helps, of course, with your blood circulation. So to increase your blood circulation, beet juice is important. And I also do a lot of greens. Greens provide oxygen for your body. With sickle cell patients, that's the one thing that we lack is oxygen. So I eat a lot of leafy greens. I also do turmeric. So turmeric is a root. It's like the orangey color. You can also get the powdered. I cook with it a lot. Turmeric reduces inflammation, and a lot of sickle cell patients suffer with inflammation, especially when we have the symptoms of the hand-foot syndrome, when our feet or our hands get swollen and red. Or um, That's what I use if I have, like, any type of chest pains or, you know, small back aches. You know, can be inflammation going on, so I'll do, like, a turmeric tea, turmeric ginger tea, Ginger is good also for sickle cell patients, so I'll um, juice. I'm a big advocate for juicing, so I'll juice me some fresh ginger. I'll sprinkle some turmeric in there, and I'll drink it as a tea. But um, I became a vegetarian back in 2017, 
So I'm going on my third year being a vegetarian, and I vouch for it as far as being um, a sickle cell patient. I have noticed that it has reduced the number of crises that I've had. Um, I feel like you are what you eat. I know a lot of people say that. So if you're putting in uh, foods that are alive into your body, your body is going to respond better than if you put in processed foods that are not alive and have no beneficial factors. So with me juicing and eating more fruits and vegetables and staying away from the processed items, I have noticed a big, big change in the number of crises. They have reduced drastically. And I have not had a crisis since, um, I would say, when was my last crisis? I got sick when I had the accident last year. And I got sick maybe one more time. It was a very mild crisis. I was in the hospital for about three days. And I want to say that was in October of last year. And I rarely have mild crisis. So once I have a crisis, it's full-blown. I'm in the hospital for about minimum a week. So for me to go from having severe crisis to just a mild crisis that just shows, you know, me changing my diet is really working. So, I mean, if anybody wants to, you know, change their diet and they need help, you know, some pointers, I will be glad to help anybody that wants to take on that journey as far as changing their diet and trying to do things naturally instead of always having to take medication. How can um, our listeners contact you? Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I can provide you that. Uh, what is my? I don't even know my um, Instagram name off the top of my head. <laughs> but I'm well, on Instagram. I mean, if you just want to search my name, Candace Jenkins, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, you can contact me with my phone number. I'm happy to, you know, talk to somebody or text somebody. Uh, they can, you know, shoot me an email as well. Uh, what's your email address, babe? Email is C as in Charlie, J as in Jenkins, M as in Mary, R as in Ryan, E as in Elephant, E as in Elephant, S as in Sam at gmail.com. Okay. And then my um, Facebook, if you just want to look me up, it's just Candace Jenkins and my Instagram, I'm logging on now. So my Instagram is C underscore M Jenkins is my Instagram name. Well, we ran out of time and we still have more to talk about. So please tune in to part two next week to hear more from Candace. Thank you for listening. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is FaithThomasFDN.